I've just realized there's no need to rush this. There's, there's no hurry. Just keep following what the next step God has given you and take that step in faith and walk out. So not only has the book been produced, but we now have a foundation. You are a gift foundation and the mission of that foundation with the donations we receive book sales proceeds from it and proceeds from me speaking all go to help mothers overcome prescription drug addiction. So we have a pretty big vision. It's to help 100,000 mothers overcome prescription drug addiction by December the 11th, 2030, which will be the 20 year anniversary of Natalie's passing. Do you need encouragement to turn tragedies into your own triumphant life story? If so, this podcast is for you. Listen to powerful guests who have persevered through challenges so you can gain strength to build your championship life. The host of Professor of Perseverance Podcast, Dr. James Perdue. Hey, 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 it's that time again. Hey, actually, this time is going to be a special edition, special edition of what's going on with the Professor of Perseverance Podcast. And again, I'm Dr. James Perdue, the Professor of Perseverance himself. And again, we talk about overcoming adversities, overcoming tragedies, overcoming triumphs of all kinds so that we know that life is worth living on the other end when we get there, that we don't have to worry about it being so dreary and bad. All right, yes, we're going to go through stuff. Yes, we're going to continue to go through some worse than others. I'm sorry for that. Uh, Some not as quite as adventurous as others. All right, but we all go through something. Now, here's special edition. All right, here's what's so great about today. A tragedy took place. Not that that's a great thing. We're sorry about all that, but Sometimes tragedy will born, will create something positive to be able to persevere and to be able to help mankind, womankind, humankind, however you want to put it. And this is an episode of taking tragedy, using to born, to create something that's going to help other people. So let's go on to get started here. Welcome to the show, John Bentley. Hello, Dr. Professor James Purdue of Perseverance. It's good to be with you tonight. Hey, it's always good to be with you. A good friend of mine, John, we've known each other for years. And, uh, yep, he shared, you know, a couple of years ago his his in- incidents and what's going on here. And, and it's been, God has really hit him hard with something. Really getting him going straight, not him straight person, but getting him fired up to help some other people through this event. Mm. And so this, I mean, he's, he's been, and he's been open. He's real about this. And, and that's what makes this even more touching and, and more sincere to help people. All right. So John, Hey man, I appreciate again, you spending your valuable time to be with us and, and again, to help other people. Well, James, thank you. And you, and, and you got it right. Uh, I, God did give me the opportunity to get straightened out. He awakened me through my tragedy. And can I go ahead and share it now? Yes, go ahead. Go ahead, John. Well, just to the listening audience, it'll be 11 years this coming Saturday, December the 11th, 2010. My wife and I are driving. It's our anniversary. We just finished lunch, and I get a phone call from my daughter, Krista, there on my truck. And I say, look at there, sweetheart. She's calling to wish us happy anniversary. Next three words she said changed everything. Dad, Natalie's dead. 
Ooh. Well, Natalie's my oldest daughter, Krista's older sister, and she had passed away from complications of prescription drug addiction. And that did, it was a huge loss. It was also unexpected, but it also, you can imagine, created a lot of, some people would call it upheaval in your life. Others would call it opportunities to grow and change the way we look at life. And that's what happened to me. And we'll, we'll get more into that here as we move along, James. But thank you for giving me the opportunity to share. While the tragedy didn't happen to me physically, or it happened to me mentally and impacted our, our family, my wife, myself, my daughter, my son-in-law, and my grandson, who was four and a half when his mom passed away. Hmm. And you just say it didn't happen physically to you, but again, it's more than mentally. I mean, okay. you're, talking, you're talking emotionally, spiritually. Ooh. You know, I, I'm sure you had to be questioning God, what's going on here? You know, our family doesn't do this. And, and uh, I don't know if you knew your daughter, Natalie, if she was doing prescription drugs. I didn't know if you had a concern that uh, maybe she was abusing or that was just a slap in the face. You didn't know it at all either. Well, well, you know, James, I'm, I'm glad you asked that. Nobody's ever put it to me like that before. So thank you. Is we, She had just come out of recovery for the second time the day after okay. my birthday. So that was November 15th. And I went and picked her up. Uh, and, you know, she always a sweet, gentle spirit, always love helping others. I, I think, James, just to be quite honest with, with your audience and honest with me, because that's what God's been with me through this is I was there for her physically, but I wasn't there for her emotionally. So I learned if I'm not physically and emotionally present with anyone, that I don't show up as my best self to be there for people in a way that makes sense to them. And what I mean by physically is I took care of her bills, got behind, I caught them up. I made sure they had food, that she had a car, that they had insurance, that they had clothes, and what that did, it allowed me to ignore and feel okay with myself like I was contributing. And I was financially, but I wasn't contributing in a way that I think could have potentially helped her feel better about herself or, or, or who knows, could, could have helped her in other ways. I'm not saying I could have saved her. Did I go through guilt and remorse and regret? I did. I, I did. But over time, you recognize that she made those choices and that her body broke down, her kidney had failed, and she had a bleed on the brain is what the autopsy showed. And so, you know, over time, I recognized that I did my best with what I knew how to do in that moment. The beauty behind all of this is God awakened me to show me that I was living in the world because I got my self-worth and self-value from possessions, what I owned, positions, which is titles behind my name and jobs. And if certain people like me, that gave me self-worth and self-value. And, you know, what I've come to understand is that my identity is in Christ, not in the world. And I can be like Paul. I can be content no matter what's going on around me. And you and I'll get into that a little more as we move forward. But I really appreciate you asking that question. Did you know and where were you in this prescription drug addiction. Yeah, I, I don't know if we talked about that before. That's why I kind of asked it because I didn't know uh, yeah. for sure. So, hey, Stanley Stone, thank you for coming in and John sharing his tragedy and what was born from it, what's been created from it. 
to help other people here. And we'll get to that in here in just a few minutes. All right. And so uh, I now can understand uh, you, you physically helping paying the bills and, and stuff and weren't emotionally attached. A, a lot of times for us to feel more invested, we are emotionally attached as well. And, right. and and goes from there. Yeah. So I, I can, I can understand the, the male, like, you know, us, us males sometimes are goofed up in the wrong senses, you know, and Amen. we think, we think we put the food on the table or we're paying the bills. We're doing our part. And then we step out, let mom and the women folk do all the rest of it. And, right. you know, and, and whereas we need to get more emotionally involved with the household and everything as well. Yes, sir. So, and I'm not married and I had no dog in the fight on that area, but uh, uh, my mom, 81 years old, got some dementia going on and I'm having to re, you know, not taking care of her totally. She's still got a lot uh, good going on, but I've found it's, it's different when she's living in her house and I'm, I'm at my, I'm at my house okay. and now I'm, now I'm having to be emotionally involved. <laughs> You know, yes, to help to help keep her safe mm -hmm. uh, from there. Yeah, so it, uh, I understand, but I understand the other part. You know, because it's easy to do the other part. It just I don't I don't know if it's the emotion we just don't want to share. We just don't want to get involved with that. I don't know what what the deal is, but uh, we as males we we lack in that area pretty good. Well, and I, I think what you're helping remind me of, James, is that. I didn't want to get involved at that level for whatever reason. I chose to do what I could to make me feel good about the situation. So in a lot of ways, James, I had made it just about me again and was kind of ignoring or not wanting to admit or, or get that involved with that side of it. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think through, I, I can go to my father who had two strokes, a second stroke, total disability, right mind, but couldn't talk, couldn't use his right side. Again, I would physically help my mom with things, but I didn't want to spend time with my dad because that evoked emotions and I didn't know how to deal with them. And so in a lot of ways, it was like, you know, my dad to me was, had been dead for four years, even though he was living, you know, I'm not proud to say that the way I handled it, but it's the situation God has used to awaken me to even some things about me and relationships. So let's take my mom with dementia in the nursing home. You know, I said, Oh my goodness, she's five hours away. It's a, it's a long drive. I'll call her every Sunday, but I was dreading had just, it's like I was doing it for a check mark to, again, to feel good about me, but God gave her such a beautiful spirit with this dementia that now it's like me being with her when she was 30 years old. Cause that's kind of the time frame she's living in. And so it's helped me show up and just recognize she may ask the same question five times in a row, one after the other. I simply answer it like the first time she asked the question and it's just been beautiful. And then there's times when she calls me, I know that I'm getting blessed out. You, you, and that's an old country term we know, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Blessed out. Mom will say, you're just going to listen. I'm going to tell you like it is and don't don't interrupt me. So I know she's having a not such good moment. But those are few and far in between. So I recognize that as well. So I'm more emotionally involved and connected to her. What God's taught me through the death of my daughter and then what my dad went through. And I believe that, uh, and it does happen all the time, but 
we are, we are sometimes we go through a, a tragic event that's going to prepare us for years in advance. Wow. Okay. You know, you know, you, you were talking about, uh, Natalie, your dad went more emotionally. And now here you are though, emotionally with your mother. And so those events, God has come back and said, John, I'll give you another opportunity, you know, (laughs) to get this right. And now you, you know, you can feel more comfort that you're with your mom more than just physically. Well, and what you're reminding me of, James, it's if we can just learn to be with each other versus me trying to focus on making me feel comfortable in that situation. I'm really not present with with my daughter, with with my dad. You know, I feel present with my mom. And, you know, you, you think about that just the day to day relationships. Sometimes if you can just sit there and be and make it about that other person. It's amazing what I've learned through my mom with her sharing stories that she probably told when I was, she was 30. So that would have made me um, nine or 10, probably didn't remember, but now she's sharing those memories and it's kind of like reliving my childhood a little bit, which is beautiful. Oh, I can imagine. So I wish again with the way technology is, I wish it was 30, 40 years ago we had this technology because I would have loved to capture my grandparents' stories. Oh, wow. in the good old days. And yes, now, sir. dumb me, I should have put a cassette recorder, you know, because then we had cassettes. <laughs> yeah. And dumb me should have put a cassette recorder in there to do the. But I was mature enough for thinking that That's way right. for that. You know, as I got older, got in the wheelchair, got involved, got in education, got to where I'm at today. Now I wish I would have done it. That's <laughs> but, right. but, but I wasn't prepared for all that then. So, hey, amen. And, you know, so so we, we did our best in that situation now we know better we do better and, and that, that's what i'm thankful for yes yes and 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 take this opportunity to encourage other people yeah to get emotionally invested into what's going on or for me to encourage people to write their own book even if it's just for your family to read it yes no one else those stories need to be passed down amen so, amen uh, now john uh, how did uh, natalie who found who found her? Well, her her husband found her and their relationship wasn't good. In fact, he had been out that night out on the town doing whatever. Part of uh, what I went through was learning to forgive him because when she passed away, he collected $100,000 in insurance on her death. He bought a $70,000 Ford Raptor. He's got a four and a half year old son. He asked Krista, which, of course, you know, is Natalie's sister, my daughter, if she would take temporary custody of Alex, which was probably the biggest gift he could have ever given any of us. Worth she more did, than 100000 they, they, they went to court, right? And, and she was able to get temporary custody because that's what he wanted. Well, the father, Kenny, he shows up one time. He calls once over a four-year period. And then by that time, Alex had really – was in a safe, secure home, which he probably wasn't in before. So he really started loving Nanny Krista and Uncle Kendall, what he called them. And it, they had become no mom and daddy. And mm-hmm. he wanted to be adopted. And so Krista went back to court and he didn't show up. The judge gave full custody of Alex to Krista and Kendall. So he was about eight at that time. He's now 15, getting ready to turn 16. He's making A's and B's in college. He's got him a car and a little job. So he'll start being able to drive himself next month. And, you know, I I think that's the beauty, James, of seeing how in a terrible situation, 
where God, if we look at Romans 8, 28, where it says, you know, the, these good things will happen for his purpose is through that now be 11 years next month. You've got a healthy young adult still has some, some issues, which is, is natural working through it. You've got a, a aunt and uncle who are, became a mom and dad for the first time instantly. They were told they would probably never have children on their own about three years into it. Krista becomes pregnant with twin boys. They're eight. They'll be nine in May. They're different as daylight and dark. And Krista and Kendall have created this loving, unconditional, loving, caring home that has, you know, healthy discipline in it. And these boys are flourishing and Krista and Kendall are flourishing as well. So when you see when tragedy occurs, when you look back and see the lessons learned through it, if we'll lean into God and know that he's using those to help us become more Christ-like. He's going to transform us through that. Now, I will say, anytime those events occur, some people call them tests, some people call them trials, I'll just say whatever God allows to happen in your life, the devil's going to be there to use that as a temptation because he now sees it as a weakness. He sees it as a way to attack you. And so staying connected to that vine with Jesus, and that's John 15, verses one through five, it always talks about the vine. But James, I ignored a piece or wasn't aware of a piece in that verse. It says, God, the father is the vine dresser. So that means he, he will purge, he'll, he'll prune these things away from us as, as we learn to die to self so we can produce, in his words, more fruit. So what I become more kind. I become understand more understanding, more gentle, more loving. I even become more patient and long suffering. And so I, I was going to speak to a church here on what was it? November 7th, as a matter of fact. And I said, you know, daddy used to tell us these 200 tomato plants, boys, I'm leaving today Sunday to drive my truck. I'll be back Friday. All them suckers. And here's what they look like. Better be pulled off those tomato plants. All right, dad, whatever. I'll, I'll pull them because I don't want to get a whipping. Now, I'm thinking that. Mm-hmm. I just pulled off the interstate and said, let me look up pruning tomato plants. And sure enough, Google said, pull the suckers off. Well, okay, so what, what does pulling the suckers off do, I thought? It says it helps you produce better fruit faster, ripens the tomatoes faster. And I thought, wow. So if I'm leaning into God, even though this is uncomfortable, this doesn't feel good. I don't like it, but I'm going to rejoice in the Lord, not the circumstance that God's going to use that to help me become more Christ-like quicker. Amen. That's what I took away from it from that day. Now, that was this past November. So you see, he's still at work through this tragedy. So, so I, the word gift was put on my heart about three weeks after Natalie died. I went on Facebook and looked, and there were 60 people had written what Natalie was her gift was. Now they didn't say the word gift, but I saw it as a gift. She was there for them to, to help them know that no matter what circumstance they were going through, they were a valuable person worth loving. She'd listen. She'd cry with them. She'd clean their home. She'd prepare meals for them. She'd watch their kids. So even in her darkest times, she was still using the gifts God had given her to serve other people. So gift now, James, has become an acronym for God's image, fulfill talent. God's image, fulfill talent. So you are a gift made in God's image to fulfill your talent and service to others. 
Now, what you're talking about is this image of your book. It's on the screen for people listen, uh, looking. For the podcast listeners, it's a, a book John has uh, come up with, and it's a beautiful cover. Uh, I don't know if it's your idea, you're working with other people. Beautiful cover, and uh, I really love the uh, multicolor with the uh, You Are a Gift, and uh, gift meaning God's image to fulfill your talent, yeah. okay? To uh, serve others. So, and um, I can say selfishly, I guess I don't know if that's a good word or not, that John did send me the man, a manuscript. He sent it out to a bunch of people and I helped uh, go through it first time with him and, and edit a little bit yes. and gave my in, in thought of what's going on here. And John has done great uh, through God. Uh, John's not going to take the credit for it because he knows that God put it into his heart yeah. and God, God kind of written it through his hands and uh, and edited it through and he, he he got a whole team together to put this project together. And so anyone's need a copy of the book can make a good, great Christmas gift and make a good. Uh, we're going to be talking about how to get an ebook through this week and everything. And so, um, yeah. I got, I got a chance to be blessed by going through the manuscript before the print actually took place. And, um, yeah, I'm proud, proud and glad that John thought enough of me to let me get an opportunity to, to do this, to read through it. Well, not only read through it, James, you also formatted the book for me to be able to load it up into Amazon and to self publish. And you've helped me with a, a couple of books to do that. And, I love how you said it was a team and I'd heard all along that when God puts something on your heart, you know it because you can't do it by yourself. And I can share with you that this project of writing the book started two years ago, even though it was put on my heart almost 11 years ago. And over that time, what I have learned is be patient that God's going to do this in his timing. And, you know, the gentleman, Phil Taylor, that helped me and Phil provided a lot of the biblical references for this book and helped me organize it. And I don't know if you call this ironic. I don't know what you call it, but his mother, it'll be two years ago that she passed away on December the 11th. Oh, now, okay. I knew she passed away. Yeah. And, and, and we both, uh, John and I, you know, we both are friends with Phil. And so, uh, yeah, no, but I, I knew his mother passed away. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know it was on that same date. Okay. So, so, so you know, it, over time there was, I've just realized there's no need to rush this. There's, there's no hurry. Just keep following what the next step God has given you and take that step in faith and walk out. So not only has the book been produced, but we now have a foundation. You are a gift foundation and the mission of that foundation with the donations we receive book sales proceeds from it and proceeds from me speaking all go to help mothers overcome prescription drug addiction. So we have a pretty big vision. It's to help 100,000 mothers overcome prescription drug addiction by December the 11th, 2030, which will be the 20 year anniversary of Natalie's passing. I'll also be 70 at that time. So part of this is hopefully me leaving a legacy behind for someone else to continue with as we create education materials and raise funds to donate to local charities that are skilled in helping these mothers with recovery. 
Amen, brother. Now, did y'all hear that podcast, people? So here's where you can help and everything. John, with his organization, his foundation is wanting to help 100,000 women get off prescription drugs. Amen. 100,000 by the year of 2030. So we still got uh, nine years here. We're closing down to, right. uh, yeah, you know, because 2022 just coming in just days away. Yes, sir. So 100,000 in this short of a term is going to be a miracle in itself. But Amen. here's where you can help out as well. So, John, tell them about how they can uh, get your uh, ebook. Uh, you're going to have something going on with the ebook this week. And, yes, sir. Uh, even if it's even if you get this message 10 years from now, because they say this stuff's on the internet forever now. So, even if you pick it up 10 years from now, that ebook's going to be on the internet as well 10 years from now. So, get that <laughs> ebook. That way, you're still helping use the money to help. More than a hundred thousand, because in ten years now we're going to have more than a hundred thousand helped out, and so now you can help that the hundred and one thousand person from now. Amen. So John, go ahead, go ahead and tell them about the uh, ebook. Yeah, well, and I, I, if I can share James, kind of the intent behind the book, it's it's to yes, go ahead. It, it's to, to help those of us who may be just tiptoeing through our walk with Christ. Cause that, that's where I was. I'd accepted Jesus as my savior, but I've got one important part. I hadn't accepted him as my Lord. So I'd accepted it as my savior and go, Hey, I'm good to go. Check Mark. And then James, I, I had a dream of being in front of people on their deathbed that had proclaimed Jesus as their savior. And they didn't know if they were going to heaven or not, man, it broke my heart. And I, you know, I woke up saying, I, I, I want people to be able to read this book to see how, the gifts God had given them have been manifested, how they can use them to serve others and, and the rewards of that gift. And I want them to be aware of the gift robber. And we know who he is, Satan. Because Satan in the Garden of Eve and Eden, what, what did he tell Eve? Oh, surely you'll be like God if you eat of the tree of knowledge. You'll know everything he does. Surely you won't die. Well, he's doing his best to deceive us now in this world. And when he deceives us and separates us from Christ, then he wins. This book is to help you see how to access your gift, accept your gift and act on it in the service to others to glorify God. And so the, the ebook itself right now is on Amazon and Barnes and Noble for 99 cents. We reduced that for one week to get this book in as many hands as we can before Christmas as our gift to you. You can just go to Amazon and search or Barnes and Noble and search you are a gift and you saw the book cover that James put up earlier. Look for that book cover and make that purchase for 99 cents. And if you, if you like buy 10 or 12 of them, cause you can gift those eBooks to other people as well. Now, if you want a signed copy, a hard copy of the book, we're running a special right now through December the 10th. So that's coming up Friday where the book is on sale for $14. If you buy that book, I'll sign a copy and mail it to you starting on December the 11th. And you'll also receive a link to download the PDF version of the book. And we're going to give you, because Phil Taylor's allowed us to, the 17 Biblical Principles of Success audio program, where you'll get to hear 51 men and women who were interviewed throughout those 17 principles on how to apply those to live a life you love. And that runs through December the 10th, James. And if you want to check out our website for more information and or to make a donation, Go to www.youareagift.foundation. 
That's www.youareagift.foundation. And um, I think I know one of those speakers or guests on the 17 Biblical. It's uh, me. Me. Amen. And Dr. it's you. James you. And so, yes, uh, both of us is, was on that with Phil. And Phil, thank you that uh, God brought that to your heart for you to be able to work on it, for your project to be able to get out to help other people. And thank you for that, Phil. And uh, thank you, God, you know, for laying it on Phil's heart and everything. That's so. right. Because I'll tell you, James, what I believe. I, I see a few times a week on Facebook, everyone pray for God to heal our land. Well, here's how he'll heal, heal our land for us to live in love like Jesus. And this book is going to help you learn how to live in love like Jesus by accessing, accepting and acting on your God given talents, defending off that old devil and manifesting these gifts to serve others and glorify the kingdom. I'm sure I mentioned this to you before because you keep referring to uh, defending off the, the devil, Satan, and yeah. everything like that. You said whether it's trials or tests or tribulations or tests, you know, the devil's there to jump in, intervene, to, to make us lose, okay? Now, here's here's a, uh, I, I, I think I shared it with you before. I had this one friend one time, and he was a, a, a drug user, all right? We'll go ahead and yeah. say it. He was a drug user and everything, been in some trouble, in and out of jail, stuff like that. One day, he come up to me, and he says, look, I found a $20 bill. He said, man, God has blessed me. And he knew enough about the Bible. He could tell you things, but he'll drop everything he got to go get that dope, though. Yes, uh, but but uh, he could tell you things about the, the Bible. So, so he was telling me, he said, God blessed me. He gave me $20. He was just laying on the ground. And I said, well, let's see if it's uh, 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 a gift or a curse. And he says, what do you mean? I said, well, if you use that 20 to buy your shoes, something to eat, maybe give $2 to buy a sandwich to someone you don't know. Mm -hmm. I say, then you've been blessed and you perform help with a miracle of, of, of using that, you know? And I said, but if you take and go get drugs and do squander stuff that's no good, I said, then it's, it's been a curse to you. And wow. uh, sorry to say, John, it, it was his downfall and it was a curse, but yes, that's sir. the money. And so, well, and I try to give him the heads up, but uh, that addiction was stronger than listening. And so I got to understand that as well. That addiction is just strong. Well, and, and you know what you reminded me of, James, that, that anytime we start changing or transforming or wanting to become something better, it takes a mind shift and, and, and it's going to require some, sometimes some effort and pain. And, what I'll say to the listening audience, I was struggling, I was frustrated, and I had very few opportunities for success. Even though you look back, it looked like I'd really been successful. But it was kind of a facade. It was kind of a mask because I wasn't happy. I wasn't content. And through this, what I've learned is happenstances are going to occur. The question is, do I lean into, again, Jesus and God for that so I can have peace and joy in my heart as they use those lessons to help me become more like Christ and less of the world? Somebody says, well, how do you know you're becoming more like Christ? I said, well, for me, um, I watch very little TV anymore. If, if I do, it's got to be something that's in alignment with God's word. 
the things I look at on the internet or I use Facebook, but it's to track my daughter to share positive things. I don't want to waste my time doing that. And the question is the more word of God's word that gets in my heart, the more that's the spirit of the sword, the more I have the ability to fend off Satan by using God's word, just like Jesus did when he was tempted three times. And so it's, it's not a process where you flip a light switch and it happens, but I can look back 10 years ago or 11 years ago to where I am today and tell you that things, people and titles no longer bring me self-worth and value. But if I accomplish or buy that, I want it to be able to help and further God's kingdom, not make John go look at me and how great I am when behind all that is nothing. Well, and most, most things going on, it takes work to be able to get there. You're not the best athlete. First time you pick up a bat or a basketball or a football, you have to put in tons of work to be able to do that. And yes, yeah, I got sports metaphor because I play sports and all that, but that's, but that, but you're you're not, you know, you're not the best landscaper just because you look at it. You got to get out there and do it as well. So in most cases, uh, and, and don't get me wrong. Some, uh, something there's a lot of natural ability, That's but right. you could still hone in and get that natural ability to the best possible. And it's going to take work for that. So, yeah. And, and what you reminded me of James, when I, uh, because I didn't want to get whipped by my dad or, or in trouble with my dad, I conformed his rules because I didn't want to get in trouble. But when I got out from under that, I rebelled and I had a license to do what I wanted to do. And nobody was going to tell me any different. I wasted a lot of money. I could have been Henry Ruggs. I, I, I drove under the influence before. And, and, and then when people came into my life and helped me start to understand more about Christ and I accepted him, that I saw it as a list of do's and don'ts. Well, now it's become legalism, right? That I got to do it all to be righteous. If I don't, I can't be righteous. Well, guess what? It, it doesn't work that way. And then fortunately enough through the, this process over the last 11, 12 years or so, I've recognized that when you repent, accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, Lord and Savior, and, and he died for our sins, that when I step out in repentance, the next step is walking in faith, repentance and faith. So now when I step out of bounds, if we use a sports metaphor, basketball, I'm, I'm dribbling and I step out of bounds. What does the referee do when he sees that? Blows the whistle. Well, uh-oh. there you go. So I blew the whistle and woke up the Yorkies. So that's right. You got your referees going. Sorry about that. So that's so okay. When he blows the whistle, what he's wanting me to do is to step back in bounds with one step of repentance, the next one in faith. So we're constantly walking in repentance and faith. And that's liberating because now it's not oh, look what I didn't do. And then I condemn myself, I, a self-condemnation, which is what Satan wants because now he keeps me trapped under his powers and God tells us he has those powers. So I, I'll say again, it's not about being perfect. It's wrecking, letting God help you see that, ooh, you, you're off track here. Step back in bounds, walk in repentance and faith. And that's yes, what has been so, so uplifting. It's also freeing. Because now when something happens, and that rejoice in the Lord always, Philippians 4.4, 4, all right, Lord, here's an opportunity for you to, to, to help me become more Christ-like. 
all right, and then I'm going to see down the road what purpose you used it for, like with, with my daughter and my son-in-law and my grandsons. And, oh, you're pulling them suckers off of me so that I can be more Christ-like quicker. And that's how I process it now, James. That's how I process it. So that allows me to be content whether in any situation. I was going to say, yep, uh, continuously, continuously, God's continuously pruning us so we can grow and flourish like we should. Amen, brother. Amen. So, all right, John, I'll take this information now uh, with your uh, website and the uh, books in uh, Barnes and Noble and and uh, Barnes and Noble and where uh, Amazon. Amazon. We'll put we'll put this stuff in the uh, show notes for okay. people to make it easier for them to click and go to it and and from there. John, appreciate you coming on, and uh, everyone else, the, don't just buy just one ebook for this ninety nine cents for that price and everything. Take you a big ten dollar bill because all you're going to do is go to Starbucks and get you a big big old frothy drink that you know you need to get rid of one of them at least, you know, to watch that weight during this time of the year. And so take that $10 or if you like me, that's one pizza I won't have to be able to spend <laughs> because I'll be getting 10 of these. Gift them out to people you know that needs this to help. Yes, And sir. the thing is, you don't have to know a woman that's on prescription drugs. The information is to encourage all of us Amen, James. to be able to use our gift from there. All right. And I don't care if you gift like uh, I, I, I'm, I'm great. I'm trying to say great. I, I try to use gifts to help other people as best possible. I cannot mow a yard since I'm in wheelchair for my neighbor. But if my neighbor needs it, I can find someone to mow it for him. There you go. All right. So my gift may be to go hunt someone. Yes, sir. My one of my my gift here, my uh, brother and my mom, they hate it, hate this gift. But if I see someone on the side of the road that I can fix, that I can give to someone else, <laughs> a lawnmower, a microwave, you know, anything like that that can be fixed, I'll grab it, prepare it, find someone that needs it. That way they don't have to spend money out. That's that's a gift that I, I'm proud that I have to be able to uh, fix yes, things. Sir. So well, what, what I love, James, is you're reminding the audience that it's the things God gives us naturally to do that we just do that requires no energy. The small things that have the biggest impact on other people. It's, it's not about having a miracle. It's just about every day helping people feel the love of God through your behavior that draws them closer to you so that they want to know more about how is it that you're living the way you do? And if, 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 I, if I may share this, every evening before I go to bed, I, it's the same stem of the question, but it, it ends in three different ways. I just ask this to the Lord. Father, have, has my behavior today glorified you? Has my behavior today loved others the way you love me, even though they may not be loving me? And has my behavior today, when the opportunity presented itself, shared the good news of the gospel with the lost? And there's yeses and there's going to be some no's. It's those no's that I applaud now because God's got more work to do in me so I can produce more fruit for his glory and his kingdom. No, there's more to do. All right. When I do, it's the fruit, producing the fruit. Yes, yes. All right, now again, after you get your uh, 10 ebooks, 
go and get your book like I have. All right. You see, there's not an image. I got the real deal here. There All you right. Go. So get your copy. If you get it in time, if again, for $14, you get it in the time before the December 10th. You can get it signed and personalized to you to, uh, from John. Uh, if you don't care if you sign or not, go to the website, go to Barnes Noble, go everywhere and buy the book and get it. Again, get you two or three extra, pass them on as a gift to someone else so they can help find their gift as well. John, all, all proceeds from the sales go to help mothers overcome prescription drug addiction. Mothers, and again, 100,000 of uh, these women, these mothers, 2013. So remember, every time that you're giving, you're helping the next person, next mother be successful and get over this addiction. So, Amen, brother. John, thank you for being here. Everyone else, hey, be sure to pass this uh, this program on, this podcast on to someone you know that, that needs some encouragement and goes from there. Hey, do something today, tomorrow, something next week that's going to help you persevere past your paralysis. Thanks for listening to the Professor of Perseverance podcast for motivation, inspiration, and encouragement. For more information, go to Facebook at Professor of Perseverance. Visit the website at ProfessorofPerseverance.com and view the YouTube channel, Dr. James Perdue, Professor of Perseverance.